0: Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our virtual podcast studio, Rita Drinkwine, who is the director, and Raven Miller, who is Programs and Outreach Librarian, and Taylor Atkinson, the Assistant Director, all from the Union County Library System in Union, South Carolina. So welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you for having us. So this is part of our mini series on Library Voices SC on how libraries are responding to COVID-19 here in South Carolina. So Rita, why don't we start with you and maybe tell us a little bit about uh, the makeup of your library system, how big it is, um, all the things you do?
1: Sure, absolutely. So like you said, we're located in Union, South Carolina. It's a rural county. Um, It's got a population that has been shrinking over the years, uh, about 27,000 residents. Um, We have four facilities. Our main facility is the Carnegie Library. It's actually the first Carnegie Library in South Carolina built in 1905. Um, And it was just recently renovated in 2018. And as part of the renovation, we actually brought in facility partners So the main facility houses workforce development for the county, uh, United Way's nonprofits for Union County. And we actually also serve as the academic library for the University of South Carolina in Union. Um, And this last year, we actually expanded to include three additional locations. We call them satellite or micro branches. um, And we provide library services out of the town halls for our other incorporated municipalities. So um, our other locations are in uh, Carlisle, Lockhart, and Jonesville, South Carolina.
0: And I, I know growing up part of my life uh, in Union and actually having Union County Carnegie Library headquarters as my very first library job where I shelved children's books. Um, but being from there, I do know that you you do call it Lockhart, don't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, some people might. <laughs> some people
0: might call it Lockhart. That's a that's uh,
1: giveaway. You can tell we're not from there if we say Lockhart. Lockhart, <laughs> right.
0: Like, like Lancaster, South Carolina, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about how your library system has responded to COVID-19. Uh, I think most libraries closed around March 19th. Um, when did you close and, and how, how have you been responding?
1: Uh, so our official close date was March 16th. Uh, we closed the day that the schools closed. Um, we just were concerned that we would not be prepared to handle an influx of children um, because with this is such a rapidly evolving situation, um, that was one of our biggest concerns was, was safety um, and how would we respond and adjust services so quickly. Uh, so we, we took it very seriously to make sure that staff continue to be employed um and we had a bunch of technology though actually much of it was funded through a grant from the state library and lsta grants um, and so we had already just purchased a, a good amount of technology and we were able to shift some of the purpose of that technology for remote services um, and i know raven and taylor can jump in here and talk some about those remote services but one of the things that we started with um, leadership team which is the full-time staff got together and came up with like a quick plan. Um, and the plan was to break staff into groups to target high-need populations. And so those high-need populations were low-income uh, families with young children, seniors, and college students.
0: And so. uh, Raven, I know you're you working with programs and outreach. How has uh, COVID-19 affected what you do?
2: Um, basically, with the closing of the library, all of our in person programming also had to end. So we've shifted all of our programming to being virtual programming.
0: Okay, how, and how specifically have you done that? Have you used YouTube or Facebook or?
2: Yes, well, Taylor works as our marketing person. So she releases the videos, They're YouTube videos, but she posts them on our Facebook. And we basically started off by doing a video each day. And what I think has been cool is that staff that normally wouldn't be participating in in-person programming have had a chance to um, step in and execute some programming. So it's been, it's been really cool.
0: And Taylor, so since you're the assistant director, you deal with marketing and PR. What has COVID-19, I mean, how has it affected you? I know me personally as the communications director as the, at the state library, I have been busier than ever. <laughs>
3: same. No, absolutely the same. It's really kind of ramped everything up. Um, you know, we, one of my many jobs is social media and marketing but it's really kind of become my main focus throughout COVID-19. So Rita can attest that's what I spend most of my time doing. And it's a lot of it is just sifting through all of the information that's out there, you know, and trying to figure out what's best and what's most relevant to share to our community, along with all of the in-house programming and everything you know that we're doing so kind of trying to find that balance so like you said busier than ever for sure Mm -hmm.
0: yep exactly in fact i remember right before we closed Uh, seeing a webinar that was about crisis communications and it was saying that this is going to be the library's communications department time to shine. So I keep reminding my communications department of that as well. Um, So Raven, as a programs librarian, what kinds of specific programs have you found to be really popular or rather successful during COVID-19?
2: I think one of the most popular ones we've had has actually been um, due to a new partnership. We had this Spanish teacher from the union, um, the local high school. She started some Spanish programming that we honestly didn't have before the COVID-19. So she started with a spotlight on Seco de Mayo, and then she's actually started like Ola Union. So she was um, able to give a little introduction on how to do greetings and such in Spanish, and that's been um, wildly popular. And also um, our technology and instruction services coordinator, she did, she started Tech Talk, and that was also very popular.
0: Very cool. And I know one of the things that a lot of libraries, not only in South Carolina, but nationwide have been really responding well to is doing some kind of or, or some form of online story time. Those uh, have been really popular.
2: Yes, we, we have continued to do story time each week. Story time is my jam, so <laughs> we make sure we do that each week.
0: <laughs> and has that been well received? Have you seen any numbers increase? Yes,
2: yes that's been widely received as well.
0: Great. Um, So you, Raven, you mentioned about uh, partnerships and any of you, if you can talk to maybe how you've been able to maintain your community partnerships or maybe any new partnerships that have developed?
3: One of our, this is Taylor, by the way, one of our um, biggest partnerships we have in Union is with our school district. And we have continued um, to to keep working and building and growing with this partnership. We have one school district for the entire county, which makes things a little bit easier for us, fortunately, and they're really wonderful to work with. So our school district staff, um, they have a Microsoft Teams group And I was fortunate enough to kind of sneak my way in there. So I get to see everything that's going on, which is really helpful for us. And it has allowed us to do things like um, link up with the Spanish teacher at the high school, um, because I regularly post things on Microsoft Teams, you know, hey, this is what the library is doing. How can we help you? You know, how can we kind of assist with, resources, materials, programs, whatever we can do. And so that's kind of how that um, happened with the Spanish teacher, which has been amazing. So that's been really helpful for us and I hope that we've been helpful for them too. And moving forward, we're starting to look at, you know, summer, so summer camps, you know, we help out with the district's Read to Succeed camp every year. We know that that's gonna look different this year. It's something that we're all kind of working through together. So I'm excited that this partnership is able to grow and continue. This is Rita. I,
1: I know Raven can talk some more about some of our other partners. Um, one of them, for instance, is the census. The library is chair of the Complete Count Committee for Union County. Um, and so we've been able to incorporate some programming that is around the census as
2: well. I think that program just posted this week. Mm -hmm. Um, The First Steps director, we work very closely with First Steps as well, which is an organization that prepares um, students for kindergarten, and their director, Laura Wade, did an excellent census story time for us.
0: You know, it's interesting, as I talk to a number of different libraries in in the state about uh, partnerships, it seems that this has been really a time to you know, work more closely with one another, even though we're physically, you know, separated, it seems like there's been a lot more partnering going on.
1: Yeah, we actually, uh, this is Brita, one of the one of the biggest recent partnerships uh, is with the Council on Aging. Raven has been doing outreach to the Council on Aging for, for a while, um, but something that came to light recently was that the Senior Farmers Market Nutrition Program voucher application was moved online this year. Um, and many seniors do not have computers or internet. Certainly, in Union, there's a 38% of the population doesn't have internet. So we know that that largely impacts seniors. Um, and they were able to. The county was able to get with us and ask that the library staff, who are answering phones remotely, are actually now the ones heading up the un- the effort to make sure that seniors are able to get their farmers market vouchers. So last week alone, the library fielded more than 100 calls with seniors just trying to get them signed up for
0: benefits and that's a lot for your size community
1: it is (laughs)
0: Um, one of the things that kind of jogged my memory when you're talking about online or internet access uh, one of the things a lot of libraries have been offering or providing or continuing to provide is wi-fi access even though the physical building is closed is that something that you're able to provide so like people can go and sit in the parking lot
1: Yeah, um, the internet at all of our locations is on. Um, Some of them, depending on the location of the building, kind of depends on where you have to sit in the parking lot. Um, But because we work with the town halls, they all have been really happy to have that internet continue to be uh, available in their communities. Um, And we're actually working with the county now to look at adding more library locations as part of broadband expansion um, to
3: continue to increase access to internet. I live really close to the Carnegie personally. And so there have been many times I've driven by, you know, just to go get groceries or something. And I've seen cars on the parking lot. So I know that it's being used, which is, which is great.
0: It really is interesting to um, see that. And by the way, I used to actually live on South Mountain Street. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's great to be able to see, you know, people still, knowing that the library is doing something, you know, and and making something available to them. Um, What kinds of uh, online resources have you maybe found that have been kind of useful to your community?
3: We actually, we started this pretty quickly. Um, So probably the latter half of March, we started compiling Um, a a giant spreadsheet of resources. And so all staff had access to this. Everybody was contributing. Um, We had the spreadsheet divided into categories. So, you know, um, for strictly for adults, for families with children, for college students, um, et cetera, et cetera. We had Spanish resources. So anytime there was something you saw on Facebook or online, or you heard in the news, staff could add to that spreadsheet. And now that spreadsheet is actually on our website. Um, So we like to think hopefully we've compiled a pretty decent list of of resources. That's something for everybody in the community.
0: And I will mention the the website for Union County Library is unionlibrary.org. So I'd encourage folks to check that out. Um, One of the things that Is kind of popping into my brain is, and I know we've had a a, you know had to quickly scramble to figure out how to do this at the state library, but it's internal communications. Um, That's really important for you all to be able to continue doing with all your staff. So, how have you managed your internal communications?
1: Well, we are big fans of Google Docs. Uh, Our our email uh, hosting is through Google um, and. The leadership team has been great with, you've got Raven and Taylor who are part of our team and Morgan and Lindsay are the other two members of our leadership team. And they've really helped uh, figure out how best to communicate. I know Taylor has been instrumental in making sure that information is getting out to the staff. Um, And then we actually, we have a weekly conference call with all the staff, Uh, (laughs) which a lot of times is just staff kind of checking in with each other at this point. I don't know how much business is necessarily getting discussed, but it's a great place for them to feel like they still have that sense of community. Um, I, I will say for me and hopefully for the rest of the team, it's really important that we are a team and that we have that sense of belonging and camaraderie.
0: I agree. That's one of the things we've done at the State Library. All of the departments have been required to have weekly online updates. And so we, my department meets every Tuesday at 2. You know, being in communications, marketing, and PR, I had to think of something catchy. So my team is Tuesday at 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, when, and, and, you know, with larger library systems, I mean, that's really difficult to have if something like Charleston or Richland or Greenville, when you have three and four hundred staff, <laughs> you know how do you meet online all the time? So it's um, it's nicer with smaller staff like yours and like ours is uh, that we can actually manage to meet the entire staff online, which is which is cool. Um, so one of the other things about uh, COVID nineteen that is been on everyone's mind is uh, reopening. Um, As it seems like, you know, we're getting to a place where, you know, some libraries are offering curbside pickup and uh, also libraries like Beaufort have developed a really great uh, phased reopening plan. What's going to be your process for reopening your library system?
1: So for us, One of the really important aspects of what we do is that we are the site for workforce development. Um, And and while workforce development is actually gonna be slower to getting back to services in Union because we are a smaller community, they're gonna start with their regional offices. People do expect to be able to have access to those resources. Um, So when the county started talking about reopening, and the county has been great throughout this process, they've been very supportive and very um, pro-employee Um, and making sure that everyone is safe Uh, but one of the things that they talked about when we discussed reopening was making sure that there was access to essential services which is access to benefits including unemployment but also other types of benefits Um, and knowing that the library is basically the only place in the entire county um, library sites are the only places that folks in the county can go to get those services so our focus has really been on essential services We did start back last week, um, open three days a week, limited hours, uh, limited occupancy, uh, making sure that we have as much barrier protection in place for staff and for the public. Um, We have very reduced access to the facility, so people are not able to browse or access collections. Um, We are starting back with no contact holds pickup this week, um, so people can schedule a time to come pick up their materials without any contact. Um, but our first uh, focus was on essential services.
0: And a lot of libraries in South Carolina are, you know, sites for workforce development. So, you know, there have been a lot of people laid off because of COVID-19. So how do you think that's gonna impact um, the library?
3: I think that we will definitely be busier than ever when workforce development is back in the building. Um, the way that we reopened last week, like Rita was saying, we've kind of divided our staff into two teams. So Rita's team was there for two days last week, and my team was there for one day. And on my day, my day was the middle of the week. We had multiple people wanting to come in and and use computers, and it was. I think every one of them, except for one, was specifically for workforce development. So I definitely think we'll be busier than ever.
0: Yeah, it's something that I know Accelerate SC, which is the um, South Carolina you know, state's government response team. Uh, one of the things that I've been seeing is workforce development and a lot of resources that are posted online relating to that. So that definitely is going to, going to be important. Um, One of the things, or actually a couple of the things I wanted to hit on before we wrap up is, Rita, you had mentioned that um, Union Library has a unique partnership with the university branch there. Can you talk a little bit about how that works?
1: Uh, yeah, so I can go over the basics, but Taylor is actually, an, under her many hats, one of them is also uh, the main point of contact uh, with the the university, so she manages most of the university services. Um, I'll speak to the administrative end of it, which is that we have a five-year contract right now. We're finishing up our second year of that. Um, the Because the university campus is located a couple blocks from the library, and they were in need of space, it made sense to come combined resources. So they provide us with funding and some additional support um, like maintenance and landscaping, uh, which are things that may sound minor, but for us in a rural community are are much more difficult to manage both cost and um, there's just less people to provide services. And so they reached out to us to partner uh, in order to be able to renovate their library space
3: on campus
1: um, and then essentially expand the campus footprint.
3: It's definitely been a, an amazing partnership for us in, in so many ways. We, we really do, on the academic side of things, act like a normal academic library. So I have University 101 classes come and I do, you know, tours and basic, you know, reference help and instruction for them. We're part of the tour for orientation. You know, when new students come, they will walk over to us from the the main part of campus, which is fun. Um, We've been holding more and more events in the Carnegie Library. So um, like student government events, like trivia bowls, they do faculty and student trivia bowls. USC Union has a research uh, club and they do their annual colloquium uh, in the library. They're basically um, display showcase there. Um, We do all kinds of things and that's actually hosted in the library, which is really great and not something that they were really able to do in the previous library just because there wasn't enough, enough room for all of that. So, so far it's been a really amazing partnership. We're really grateful for them.
0: That's great. And Raven, maybe you can talk about how that partnership has, you know, affected programs and outreach.
2: We actually try to do some programming for the college students at the library. So one of our popular events is the de-stress fest that we do for them at the end of the semester. So one time it was around the holidays and we had like decorating cookies and a little tablecloth that they like to color. And then I think the last one we had, we had the therapy dogs to come in and that was a hit. They love that. So,
0: yeah, that usually is a big um Big thing to pull in students and and just the general public uh, too. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to mention before we wrap up is your new facility redesign because I know a year or two or three ago you went through major renovation, and um, how how has all that been going?
1: I think the community response to our facility has been tremendous, uh, tremendously positive we have won several awards actually for the renovation too which has been very uh, gratifying uh that includes the uh, south carolina preservation honor award um as well as being recognized as a finalist for the national medal in 2019 um so i would say that while it was certainly a lot of work and i'm grateful for all my team members especially taylor who was right there with me getting through that that renovation um but It was a lot of work, uh, but the end result has been just absolutely great for the community um, and really changed how we're able to serve and what we're able to provide. Um, And I'm sure Raven can talk about the, the slide in yeah, that, that is something that you see you if have you're to looking at
2: pictures. The <laughs> so speaking from someone who didn't really see the facility before the renovation, I love when people come in and they talk about how, how different it looks, but how much they love it. And we do have this. Brand new infamous slide that the children love gives them an opportunity to slide down to our children's area, which is also new. It was a dirt floor basement before the renovation. So now it's nice that the children actually have an area and they have a space. Our team space is actually like a treehouse because that downstairs area actually resembles the Sumter National Forest. So it's been pretty cool. I love the slide. And my friend friends love it too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is something that is very unique in a library in our state. So, uh, do you happen to have a picture of that at your website?
1: I am not actually sure that we do. Our, our website is pretty uh, focused on utility, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we well,
0: definitely
1: we definitely have pictures on our Facebook.
0: Okay, well, definitely folks can check out the Union Library's Facebook page and look for some pictures there. And also, I would encourage folks to go to the unionlibrary.org website to learn a whole lot more about uh, the Union County Carnegie Library System and its microsatellite branches. (laughs) Um, So thank you, all of you, for being with us today and everything you're doing during uh, COVID-19. Thanks for having us,
3: Curtis. Thank you. Thanks.
0: And thank you for our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We also love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.